Welcome to On Trial, starring Mark Radlich. Also starring Sean Comer. Hope you're ready, Hollywood, because you're On Trial. All rise. Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Dredd presiding. This is on trial. I am your prosecuting attorney tonight, Mr. Mark Radledge, and uh, up for murder in the first of cinema, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> attempted. Attempted murder. <laughs> Halloween Resurrection, a 2002 American slasher film directed by Rick Rosenthal who also directed Halloween 2. Uh, it stars Busta Rhymes, <laughs> Bianca Kajlich, Thomas Ian Nicholas, Ryan Merriman, Sean Patrick Thomas, Tyra Banks, from Battleship fame, and the returning <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis for a hot five minutes. And we're doing this tonight because it's Halloween week all week long. This week, uh, this Friday coming up, depending on when you're listening to this, is Halloween Kills which is day and date on Peacock and in theaters. Uh, so we're looking at all uh, the old, the new, the blue Halloween stuff here on the Rattledge and Broadcasting Network. Defending this turkey, pro bono, I understand, because how could you possibly take money for it? Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Comer, how do you do, sir? You know that one friend you have that will sometimes just make a really great point? and then ruin it entirely by just continuing for another few sentences that yeah. destroys the credibility of everything they just said. Okay, <laughs> that is Halloween Resurrection. No, I'm picking up what you're putting down, sure. This 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 starts strong <laughs> and then both literally and metaphorically goes off the roof into a ditch. <laughs> it, believe it or not... It has its strong points. It does. Well, correction. Okay. It, it, has, it has a... There's a strong screenplay here. It's not acted well. It's not directed well. It's not edited well. But the screenplay, the idea of this is sound. <laughs> I, you know, the idea of... Hey, we're gonna go. We're, we're gonna play in in a serial killer's house for you know the early days of internet ratings. Like that's actually a, a fun idea. It was just executed. This this was executed Daffy Duck style, where he said, "Shoot him, you slop odd. It's not me," and shot itself in the face. But go on, sir. I I think it's closer to the truth to say that this could have been a serviceable entry in the series mm -hmm. had it not been juxtaposed immediate, immediately after the superb ending of Halloween H2O. So, real quick, because, and, and, and you just set me up perfectly for it. So, I had never seen a Halloween movie before I saw this one, and this was not my first oh, viewing. Oh, no. You, you're kidding! No, I... This was your very first Halloween? So, it's, picture it. Sicily, 2002. Right? Um, oh, Mark, poor baby. <laughs> so I'm in grad school, and um, I think I just moved back to New York around this time. It was within the first year. And, uh, you know, all the friends I'm hanging out with are all, like, movie buffs and cinema snobs, right? Because that's what I'm doing in college. And 
you know me, I big sissy pants, didn't grow up watching horror movies, didn't like it, so I avoided a lot of them, and I'd never seen any of the Halloween movies. And then this thing comes out July 12, 2002, and all my movie friends be like, we gotta go see the new horror Halloween movie, we've seen them all up to this point. And I'm like, am I gonna get lost? I haven't seen any of these before, and for all I knew, Halloween Resurrection, which I believe is the, uh, what, fifth, eighth. sixth, it's eighth, eighth movie in this series yep. i'm like do i am i gonna know what's gonna happen they're like don't worry about it you'll be fine i'm like okay oh boy. so yeah i didn't and so when i pitched this to you to do and you know like eight years ago for <laughs> to, to line up with halloween kills you gotta understand and this is what i want you to talk about i had never seen hall h2o i didn't realize that h2o <laughs> was the spiritual sequel to I guess the original Halloween I've, every chart that I've seen has like Halloween I think 78 or 81 I can't remember what year it is uh, 70, 78 it goes Halloween 78 to H2O to Resurrection um, or is it 2 or is it 2 to H2O then Resurrection which one is it okay so so let's let's briefly go over the history of Halloween reboots and retcons yes please and when I say when I say brief I mean we will do this briefly uh, the first two, the first two movies, initially, mm-hmm. were meant were meant to be, you know, the the two halves of the night he came home. Okay. Uh, act one and two of a two act story. You have Halloween three, which was the attempt to turn the franchise into an anthology series, not all of which would feature Michael Myers, which we talked about in the, the outcry. Yeah, yeah, the outcry so massive that everybody wanted Michael Myers back that we then got the of Michael Myers trilogy right. of, four, five, of four, five, and six mm-hmm. that uh, introduced uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel Harris as Laurie Strode's long-lost daughter. Halloween H2O then retcons three through six right out of continuity and is meant to be a direct sequel to Halloween 2 because at the time in the established continuity in canon 2 was obviously the direct direct sequel right Uh, Halloween H2O reintroduces Laurie Strode now living in hiding in anonymity um, and in the back of her mind, perpetually terrified of her brother. Halloween Resurrection would be the direct sequel to Halloween H2O. Got it. And after H2O, or after Resurrection, which flopped so spectacularly it should be clinically studied, (laughs) we got the two-movie Rob Zombie attempt at a reboot, which was almost true. And then down the road, we got 2018, which wipes everything from everything after the first movie out of continuity. Right. It didn't happen. It is struck from the record. And then supposedly, now that that's the case, the proper official canon of Halloween was continued with Halloween 2018. It will be continued with Halloween Kills. And, the, and the ballad ends. of Laurie Strode, yes, 
will have the curtain brought down on it supposedly once and for all with Halloween ends. <laughs> Until we do this in all next year with Halloween 10, the search for more money. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you for straightening that out. So the so to to drive this home no and then we can get into some more notes here if you if you need to. Yeah, I've never seen yep. H2O. I've heard it's really good. Um and I would not and so the whole thing was when I pitched you Halloween Resurrection, it was because it was the first Halloween movie I'd ever seen, and I remember laughing so hard at it because Buster Rhymes is so terrible, and the editing in this movie was so laughably bad. That was all I would talk about when the movie was over. Like, I remember having, like, a soda snort through my nose, good time, laughing at this piece of shit. Then I'm like, I must talk about this with Sean. I, I must unburden myself of this thing. And I had I known, is the point, had I known that it was the sequel to H2O and that they were you know, they really are better enjoyed as a pair than obviously just watching Resurrection mm-hmm. by itself, I would have done mm-hmm. that first. But your notes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, so pretty cut and dried. Uh, to thank for this movie even existing, uh, you would have to pay homage to the late Mustafa Akkad. He was the super producer who, uh, after Halloween, held the pretty much lock, stock, and barrel rights to the franchise. And I, if I recall correctly, part of his official binding agreement with everyone that he allowed to helm a Halloween sequel was Michael Myers cannot be definitively killed off. He would not allow it. It's kind of a trope among slasher franchises these days, but to the best of my knowledge, and I could be wrong here, he's the only one where it was officially right there, pretty much in black and white. It was an edict. And so, at the end of Halloween H2O, which, and this is your one warning, because I think rather highly of H2O, and I think it's absolutely worth watching. Um, I'm about to spoil the end of it. So, if you want to, go, duck away, watch it however you need to, come on back when you're ready. Okay. Anyway, now that we've cleared out the punters, at the end... Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis, behead her brother in the climax, seemingly killing him, killing him definitively. The way that was shot was because, and my hats off to Dead Meat, um, the in my opinion the gold standard of horror centric YouTube channels for pointing this out. Um, screenwriter Kevin Williamson. Of course, he of Scream, he of Scream, and the faculty fame uh, concocted this this ending, this shot, so that the door could be left open to make what would become Halloween Resurrection. And of course, that's because at the start of Resurrection, we get the explanation that Laurie thought she was beheading her brother, because in reality, Michael had crushed the larynx of a paramedic so that he couldn't speak, you know, dolled him up in his signature garb and pulled and pulled the old Hannibal Lecter-esque switcheroo on him. 
so that so that during that shot when you see Michael acting you know uncharacteristically panicky it's because there's an innocent man underneath that bleak Shatner mask and those coveralls who's trying to get away no no stop stop you fool <laughs> before you know heads go a rolling and so as a result they had an out to make resurrection uh it's my understanding that Jamie Lee agreed to come back under one condition and one condition only. That they kill Lori early. That, that this was it, that this was Lori's last bow and last bow in the series. Um, I guess what changed her mind was actually eventually getting somebody getting somebody on board who could treat the first treat the first movie and John Carpenter's legacy with the respect it deserved and gave them an actual compelling way to bring Laurie back into the fold without having to reconcile retcon and otherwise explain away the the absolute the absolute train wreck of continuity that erupted after Halloween 2. And as a result, as I said, I mean this thing I mean I mean it made its it made its budget back. In fact, it made double its budget, 15 million dollar budget, made 30 growth 37.6 million at the box office. But it got absolutely hammered from every possible angle critically and critically and from fans so much so that yeah uh, Halloween as we knew it ended it there Rob Zombie got a couple of at bats and then Danny McBride of all unlikely people was one of the folks who went wait a second got me an idea and Lord only know, and of course, I mean, uh, tragically, uh, Akkad was killed in a terrorist bombing a number of years ago, along with along with his wife. And the rights have been had had been had, slash have been held for some time by his by his son. And I mean, time will tell if that's still a thing. That it's that it's you know, in the the infallible word of word of God that Michael absolutely cannot die, but uh, just just between you, me, and the airwaves, I'm I'm kind of hoping that Halloween ends is is it <laughs> ends this uh, this just definitively ends? Yeah, well, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, because I. I was blown away with how much I loved Halloween 2018. Mm-hmm. And Halloween Kills, the, the trailer, points to a premise that that certainly has, has, me, has me chuffed to see where they're going with this. But after that, it really feels like, as far as the mainline continuity goes, this should be, hopefully, all anyone has to say. Before we have, before we have to tread water and grasp grasp at straws any further. All right. So the plot of this thing, such as it is, Sean alluded to some of it here, but uh, 
Um, yeah, as he said, uh, Laurie Strode is guilt-ridden and traumatized and, uh, at a psychiatric facility inpatient where um, you know she's selectively mute and seeking her meds and having all kinds of difficulties. And um, she is awaiting the return of Michael Myers, which he does not disappoint her. He shows up at the hospital, but she sets a trap for him. And she goes to behead him, but she's so anxious and um, trepidatious about the whole thing, timid even, because she does not want to do the same thing she did before, which was allegedly uh, decapitate the wrong person. She takes forever trying to get the mask off of him to double check, and at which point he, like the Undertaker, arises from his uh, predicament and throws her off the off the roof after a scuffle. Um we then move on to uh, October 31st, 2001. Michael has been hiding for three years in a cave like a bear or something. <laughs> he reemerges to attempt to murder Laurie again, who, oh, uh, sorry. Um, yeah, who is, who's moving on. A year later, there we are. A year later, college student Sarah Moyer, Bill Woodlake, Donna Chang, Jen Danzig, who played by the lovely, doing her best she can, Katie Sackhoff, uh, Jim Morgan, sorry, um, and Rudy Grimes win a competition to appear on an internet reality show called Dangertainment. Danger! That's a different guy. Directed by Freddie Harris, who is played by higher learning star Busta Rhymes. Uh, and Nora Winston, played by Tyra Banks, in which they have to spend a night in Michael's abandoned childhood house in order to figure out what led him to uh, all the killings. However, while setting up cameras throughout the house in preparation for the show, cameraman Charlie is killed by Michael, who has returned to Haddonfield. On Halloween night, uh, equipped with head cameras, Sarah, Bill, Donna, Jen, and Jim and Rudy enter the house and separate into three groups to search for clues. While Sarah's messaging friend, Deckard, uh, watches the live broadcast during a party. During the search, Michael suddenly appears and kills Bill. <laughs> Kill Bill. Donna and Jim discover a, <laughs> a wall filled with fake corpses and realize that the show is a setup. Uh, You're a phony! A big fat phony! Before the former <laughs> is killed by Michael. At the party, Decker and other partygoers witness the murder, but only Deckard realizes that it was real. Meanwhile, back in the city... Freddy enters the house dressed as Michael in order to scare the competitors and is followed by the real Michael, dun-dun-dun, whom he mistakes for Charlie. When Rudy, Sarah, and Jim find Freddy in Michael's costume, he reveals the scheme to them and begs them to cooperate, telling them they will all be paid well if the show works out. Famous last words. After Freddy leaves, the trio decides to gather up the rest of their friends and leave. Jen discovers Bill's corpse and Michael decapitates her, like you do, in front of Rudy, Sarah, and Jim, who soon realize that it isn't Freddy... <laughs> Michael proceeds to kill Jim and Rudy and, and George and Donna and Blitzen and everybody. It just kills them all before chasing Sarah upstairs. Ch Sarah, your final girl. Dun, dun, dun. Locking herself in a bedroom, Sarah begs for Deckard to help her. As the other party goers realize that all the murders were real, Deckard begins to send messages to Sarah on Michael's location to help her avoid him. Sarah runs into Freddy just as Michael finds them and stabs the latter. Sarah runs into the tunnels and finds an exit leading to the garage, where she discovers Nora's body. Michael again arrives and attacks Sarah, but, is, but a still-living Freddy finds them and fights Michael as an electrical fire starts in the garage. <laughs> After Buster Rhymes' character being named Freddy is just creating just a wave of confusion. 
yeah. in my yeah. horror brain right now. I feel like they just should have just named him, just left him as Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes as himself, because we'll get to that momentarily. Sarah thanks Deckard for saving her life. Meanwhile, Michael is presumed dead, because of course he is, and the body is taken to the morgue. However, as the coroner prepares to examine his body, Michael suddenly awakens, awakens, awakens. Death clock, death clock. All right. Uh, I would like to submit into evidence the following, if you if it pleases the court. Exhibit A. Trick or treat, motherfucker. Let the <laughs> let the dangertainment begin. Up in this motherfucker. Whoa, shit, man. Charlie, where the fuck you been, man? Don't you know we've been looking oh, all over this motherfucker on. for you? And why the hell you dress like me anyway? I'm not paying you to be Michael Myers. I'm paying. I'm playing. I'm so glad we're not doing video. I'm playing Michael Myers. And if them kids around see us dressed up in the same shit, it's shit. It's going to ruin the whole effect. God damn it. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm going to wake one of my kids up. I said, what are you looking at me like that for? Huh? You don't get it. You don't get it. Your shit up there ain't working or something. Huh? Need to get your ass back in the garage with Nora. That's your job. Go back in there and help ass out. Go to stop my job, asshole. My job's not to help your fucking ass out. Wait, that's iced tea. Sorry, wrong thing. Go do your job. I, le- I left the back door unlocked for your ass to go out the back and into the garage. That's what I did. I did that. Me. Well, that's how you're learning. Uh, you need to get the hell out of here. Gone. Scoot. Skedaddle. Get the fuck out of Dodge. God damn it. What the hell does somebody got to do to get a little help in this motherfucker? Looking a little crispy over there, Mikey. Like some chicken fried motherfucker. Well, may he never, ever rest in peace. Michael Myers is a killer shark. And baggy-ass overalls who gets his kicks from killing everybody up in this motherfucker. Everybody and everything he comes across. All right, I'll stop ad-libbing. Hey, Mikey, happy fucking Halloween. Let's see what you got. Fear? Don't you understand? is good as is greed fear is what gives us the feeling of being alive don't you understand (laughs) kick his ass kick his ass kick his ass jerry jerry who's (laughs) who's better than what chun lee whooping everybody ass while he's smoking a cigarette oh shit canyon (laughs) <laughs> oh shit who's knocking on my door this late whoever this is is distracting me from seeing what Chun Lee whoops some ass what <laughs> what do you mean you don't want to be famous that's the American dream you hit me like I murdered your mother <laughs> like I murdered your fucking mother or something I really am tempted to say case dis- uh, uh, prosecution rest, but I'll actually say something about the movie now. Um, Devon Dudley sounding bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
I believe that I'm pretty clear about the performances in this movie, starting with Mr. Rhymes. Um, he uh, he's not that. He, you know, here's the thing. I've actually seen Buster Rhymes in a couple of different things. I, he was okay in Higher Learning. He's definitely held mm-hmm. up by Ice Key and Ice Cube in that movie. And he's the brother in Finding Forrester. And he has one of the. And I actually quote this on an ongoing basis. You know, in terms of discussing uh, sociopolitical things, um, especially with relation to the. Uh, the black community, you know, he has this line in Finding Forrester mm-hmm. that's really great and it's really delivered well. You know, they only let you go so far before they, they make you stop or however the, <clears> the last <throat> part of that goes. In any case, so Buster Rhymes, this isn't entirely his fault. He was also, uh, he, I would, I would also point out he was also damn decent in Def Jam Fight for New York. I, I believe you. Um, I've never seen it. So anyway, uh, <laughs> This guy directed Bad Boys with uh, Sean Penn, and I remember watching that as a kid and uh, thinking it was okay. Uh, it's been a long time, but he, there's not a whole lot else on his re- uh, resume. Um, where you know he directed Halloween too, and for the life of me, I couldn't tell you what we said about that movie. Mm-hmm. My point being, I I feel like, you know as I said at the top of the show, and this is uh, pretty much what I have to say about this movie. Um, I think there's a strong I think there's strong bones of an idea here of playing in kind you know in a haunted house with a serial killer um, and everyone's strapped up with cameras. I think this was actually kind of ahead of its time because you could absolutely make this movie now and it won't feel dated. It, the technology would be different. The technology you would you know you wouldn't have a with the gizmo she's got there. I can't remember the name of them. Um, uh, yeah, the, the sort of predecessor to the cell phone, um, but. Uh, you know, and the cameras would all be different and everything. It would look a lot slicker. Uh, and his use, the Deckard's use of the internet would be different. But all in all, you could make this movie now and, and it, would, it would be contemporary. So I like the idea of the movie. Um, the fact that they have to kind of shoehorn the Laurie Strode, Michael Myers stuff in takes away from it, actually. Like, the stuff with Michael Myers and Laurie Strode feels like a different movie to the point where it's really jarring and they don't really connect because here's the thing if you're going to spend 10 to 15 minutes setting up Laurie Strode's death it has to somehow affect the rest of the movie and it doesn't it's literally like um if you'll recall if you go back in the archives and listen to myself and Robert Winfrey talk about uh the the desolation of smog and the battle of the five armies and other people have made this same um criticism in fact we might have even talked about it on the long road to ruin the Battle of the Five Armies begins with the end of the Desolation of Smog. It's it's two it's it's the end of one movie and then the new movie starts twenty minutes in, um, which is not great film structure. You can do it, and, and you know your mileage may vary about how successful it comes across, but it's not it's not great. It's not a great way to do a film, and that's the problem. That's one of the basic problems I have with this one is the film structure. Uh, the rest of it is, you know, Katie Sackhoff is great as Bo-Katan. Everyone loves her. Blah, blah, yakety And Everyone, you know, she's everyone's dream girl who's a sci-fi nerd from Battlestar Galactica. And she is probably the best performer in this thing, but because she's playing a bubbly idiot. So, you know, so she, and she does it well. She's, too, she's an outstanding bubbly idiot in this thing. And she's kind of the only one that has any near approachable, a believable character. Um... But again, they don't. What they give her to do is not great. Uh, she's, you know, she she kind of reminds me of Rose McGowan from the first Scream movie. She's kind of just there to look hot and get killed. Um, the rest of the cast sucks, including our lead girl here. Um, yeah, Bianca Kajlitz. I'm not sure what else she's been in as Sarah Moyer. I'd have to look it up real quick. 
But uh, whatever else she's been in, she's not great in this. And I don't think that's her fault because as I look at her credits, it seems like she's gotten some pretty decent projects and a lot of work. So I, again, I would put this on the director. I don't know if there just wasn't timing, you know, if this was sort of a, just a cash grab, you know, or there just wasn't time and energy put into this or he, you know, or it's one of those. And I don't know if Sean wants to talk about this or not when it's his opportunity, but sometimes I feel like people making horror movies don't take the horror genre seriously. They know these things are cheaply made and make shit tons of money. So, and, and they know it's broad based entertainment for a wide audience. So they don't put a tremendous amount of thought into it uh, more often than not, because, it, it takes so little for these things to entertain so many people and make shit tons of money. And I, and I feel like while H2O allegedly was an outstanding movie and beloved by Halloween fans, this one was like, quick, let's get this one out there too so that we can capitalize on it. And I don't feel like there was a lot of time and care put into the production. Um, the thing that I remember, and having rewatched it, I was really looking for this. There was, there was some slipshod editing in this thing. Like, it's really bad at times, to the point where it almost takes you out of the movie. Um, and it's not like Batman v Superman editing, where it's everything is just rapidly firing at your, you know, the irises in your eyes, where you're like, oh, clockwork orange! Um, it's, it's just more like stuff's out of focus, things are at weird angles, and it's not like horror weird angles, it's just badly shot weird angles. Uh... The kills in this thing are not particularly inventive, and a lot of them are not interesting at all. Which, if you've got nothing else in a horror movie, you should at least have good kills. And um, that's sort of the rumor mill on this this new one, Halloween Kills. Is the, <laughs> the best thing about it is that this, the slaughter that happens in this movie is mwah, beautiful. And when this one, it was just kind of meh, you know. Um, for a creepy, for a creepy haunted house, they don't make a tremendous amount of use of it um i feel like there was like eh, it's kind of like if you're doing like a like a like a state fair haunted house like ah throw some dirt on that well come some cobwebs it'll be fine you know like the setting just isn't like appealing or scary in any way and i think that's the last thing i want to say about this and i'll and i'll submit to uh concede to sean here um is it just feels like they it feels like the yeah, lost my train of thought. Go ahead, Sean. Go, you, the uh, prosecution. <laughs> the prosecution for now rests. <laughs> like I had it there for a moment, and like, and I, and the, and the rainbow wheel started to spin, and I lost it. And I'm like, I'm not going to hold up the show for this. If I figure it out, if I remember what it was, I was going to say, I'll blurt it out later. After after that initial screed, goddamn, you <laughs> killed me laughing so hard. <laughs> You're welcome. I could I could about choke you for nearly for nearly absolutely pennying the track that my train of thought was running on. Um, so I guess leading off of that, I would say that the the scene with Busta and Michael when Busta's in costume, it's. It's it's absolutely hysterical the way Busta just erupts and starts breaking it and starts breaking his balls, <laughs> and then Michael just silently just actually fucks off. <laughs> it's uh, 
instead of going instead of going full Voorhees and just and just rage decapitating him on the spot, it just turns and just drops the mic and just walks away. <laughs> just he actually takes the L. Just genuinely one of the, one of the most entertaining moments in the entire fucking movie. Um, but as far as what the movie does well, believe it or not, I was surprised to realize just how well this could realistically stand on its own if it wanted to. Um, you could feasibly, again, I don't recommend this because H2O is absolutely worth a watch. But you could watch Halloween, which I believe everybody should watch at least once, if if only because it's one of, it's one of the smartest flashers ever made in just about every sense. You could watch Halloween too, which while inferior to the first, is still as sequels go, really pretty good. Uh, it's 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 sound. I don't believe it, it deserves to go down as a classic, but I can't imagine watching that and actually feeling like you want that two hours of your life back. But then you can do that, and then if you wanted to, you could skip everything else and go straight to this movie, and nothing would really feel entirely like it had been lost, except for the fact that opening sequence might make you curious to check out Halloween H2. But as far as being able to actually follow the story, you would be just fine. Um, so I guess if you gotta pick up the sequel the sequel somewhere and if for some reason or other you can't watch H2O, at least you won't be confused for whatever that's worth. Uh you mentioned the kills, and I beg to differ. I think for the most part, they're pretty sound. Not the best in the series, but they live up to roughly what we've come to expect from Michael Myers at this point, especially the rampage through the mental institution. But we don't get anything where it feels like some kind of jarring shift in character. You mentioned the technology and and kind of and kind of that conceit, and you know it it does feel dated. It, it it really does. I think there's a there are other ways you could have you could have done a a haunted house movie where where you know you have something like you could have like a haunted house tour where everybody is locked in, is locked in with Michael in one location. You know, it's like. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. God bless you. Pardon me. Thank you. Oh, didn't see that one coming. And that way, you could kind of get around the fact that uh, a lot of this, a lot of this movie is anybody who was immersed in online culture around that time 
just kind of can't help but look at this and just shake their heads going, oh, so, so much of this does not work that way. (laughs) (laughs) But I will also kind of give it credit for being a bit ahead of the curve in kind of falling ass backwards into accidentally predicting the boom in live streaming and online entertainment. Um, It might get the finer details wrong, but in terms of acknowledging the the possibilities, I I can't hate them for that. Anyway, um, so... They're just... (sighs) You're going to have to forgive me. There's really not much good to talk about here with this one. (laughs) I'm reaching reaching a little bit. Uh, The score... If you if you ruled out what I think is just uh, what feels like jarringly out of place hip hop, it's it's a score that certainly does right by the creepier synth aesthetics of the first two movies, especially. So, I mean that part certainly enjoyable. I give Kevin Williamson a world of credit for when Lo- when Jamie Lee Curtis was initially adamant about not wanting to return for another movie. Uh, concocting this and kind of brokering sort of a sort of an agreement with her that they would come up with this ending, shoot it at the very end of the shoot for Halloween 2, and then absolutely keep the the big reveal footage an absolute secret until this was uh, until this was announced that was uh, that that was that was some smooth maneuvering on his part to get her to come back for 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 just kind of a few a scant few minutes of screen time in the opening frame but in a way, it's a good it's a good thing that this fell that this fell on its face, because the, it it really needed to in order to convince everybody involved that it was time to move on. And if you're really insistent on keeping on the keeping this franchise alive, you have to go in a different direction. And from here, we got the two zombie movies, which your mileage may vary. Uh, it, because in all in all honesty, there's there's positives about it, as I've mentioned before. Uh, this, but to kind of shift gears a little bit before I throw it, I throw it back to you, I think one of the biggest problems with this is at this point, it's a series that had forgotten where it came from. It had forgotten how to get its scares with really smart shots and pacing and tone and crafting likable characters and being careful about when and how you make a full reveal of my because the first one again it doesn't get it doesn't get credit for how cleverly it it really played on suburban fears. I, I even heard one reading of it recently. I was listening to an episode, a very old episode of You're Wrong About, where 
they delved a little a little bit into briefly talking about how there was you know one of the reasons why so many slasher movies are themed after killing babysitters and irresponsible babysitters is this notion that women being able to just up and just leave kids with seemingly this uh, this complete un complete unknown stranger uh, was just it was taking away from just staying home and being and being happy docile little homemakers and so if you have these movies where babysitters are just being stalked and killed en masse it's it's kind of a, a subtle little way of of seeing ah you see you want your kids taken care of, you gotta do it yourself because look what happens if you leave them in someone else's care. <laughs> um, and by this point, we're just, we're, we're, we're so well past anything that can kind of make these movies both feel timeless and seem like they're tapping into the same psychological thing that the likes of real horror masters like John Carpenter and Wes Craven and Tope Hooper all were. I, I, I Jeremy Thomas is going to crucify me if I get this wrong. I, I never know if it's pronounced Toby or Tobe. I think it's I think it's Toby. So Jeremy, if you're listening to this, please, I, I apologize. I, I, it is not my intention to besmirch the good name of Hooptober. But <laughs> but Moving on, and maybe this will even play into some play into anything you're about to say. The other part of the problem is you don't necessarily even have true characters in this movie. You just kind of have varying shades of meat sack. <laughs> you you don't nobody in this movie really really inspires any kind of investment. I mean, I, I watched the, the 2009 Friday the 13th remake uh, just about about a week ago. And uh, I watched it again just a few days ago with Anne. And one of the things that struck me is being surprised at how each of the young people in that movie, for the most part, even the unlikable you at least feel something in regards of I cannot wait to see how you die and I like you I'm kind of sorry to know what's about to happen I never really feel that I never really feel that because it's like you have a bunch of students and they're trying to substitute their majors for personalities <laughs> and it doesn't and it doesn't work that way like I'm thinking in particular um, uh, Sean Patrick Thomas uh, he's in he's in a culinary program uh, is it I'm yelling you need more which, protein which... in your diet as he's throwing fucking spices and food at Michael Myers legitimately dumb as shit <laughs> But it legitimately means that that is actually a brilliant example of the point you're making. I'm the food guy, so food yeah, and all that, of my that, things will be food related. Like I'm a nine, like I'm a yeah, mid '90s yeah. WWF gimmick. 
oh dear god get out of my head that was the comparison I was about to make <laughs> I was I, I was I was gonna say yeah it, it was like when it was like when Vince McMahon back in the early 90s thought confused wrestling plumber for an actual character wrestling garbage man is not a, is not a character wrestling clown it okay that, that's the exception that's the exception heel doink was the fucking man um Okay, wrestling hockey player. That's not a character. Wrestling baseball player. That's not a character. Those are just costumes. In this, you know, culinary student stuck in the Myers stuck in the Myers house, flinging spices at flinging spices at Mike at Michael Myers. That's not a character. That that's wearing his occupation as a costume. And unfortunately, that's about as far as the movie goes in terms of depth. And that's why I really can't... God, as terrible as the writing is. I, I've i learned in these movies, and in a lot of horror movies, to differentiate between bad acting and bad writing. Because they're not always the same thing. We, I, I've talked at length before about how much I hate the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Jackie Earl Haley's performance as Freddy Krueger was not bad. Quite the opposite. It was really pretty damn good. Better than better than expected. And I think if he'd gotten a, another movie with a better script to work with, he could have possibly been right up there with Robert, with Robert England. Maybe not equaling him, but at least somewhat doing him justice Busta is the only one who seems to be bringing some energy and character to his part to where you actually start to look forward to having him on screen unfortunately he's just given absolute dreck to work with with the exception of that one scene <laughs> I um I wanted to throw but, this out. I'm but, sorry, no, t- yeah, just just take uh, just take it away and take us home. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I was thinking about, at least that I I can recall, I'm so tired. Um, is I was talking about the lead girl, and you know, with a lot of horror monsters, and I think you would know this better than I would, but with a lot of horror monsters, they seem to, they seem to be forces of nature, and it's about your final girl, your lead, your star, and how relatable they are, and you know, are they somebody who you want to see survive the night? That is, I think, a pretty firm structure for what a lot of horror is built on. It's certainly what makes the, the initial Halloween work is that, um, you know, you have the anxiety of this, you know, completely uh, at, you know, at the mercy of this killer, you know, teen girl uh, dealing with this thing. You know, Nancy and the Nightmare on Elm Street. There, there's a psychological bent, um, and you get to know Nancy. Is the point that I'm, I'm getting at? You get to know Lori. You get to know uh, ne- uh, Nev Campbell's character in Scream. You get to know them as people before the massacres start happening. Um, you may, and, and you may not get to know who the uh, the players, you know, the friends of, of the lead. But it, re- it, it it certainly helps if you do. But if they're not, if they're just written as meat sacks. Um, all that really then matters is your lead. And if your lead is relatable, if, if your lead is something with some stuff going on, then that, you know, 
then we can get to the kills. And I think the problem, the the biggest failing of this movie in terms of writing is that they gave uh, nothing to this person. But here's the thing. Um, Bianca Kajlich is Sarah Moyer. Sarah is presented to you as somebody who is psychologically damaged. And she certainly does her level best to portray that throughout the film. But you never, to my recollection, you never got a real sense of why she's that way. Why of all the people and all the haunted houses in all the world did it have to be her and this one? You know, why, why is this day different for this gal than the rest besides the, you know, the existential terror of this zombie coming after you? Um, the movie never really deals with it. It's just, you know, it's kind of like what you were saying. It's very, it's painting with very, very broad strokes. It's like, here's your goofball, here's your sex kitten, here's your, your lusterer, and here's your comic relief, and here's your lead girl. Go. And you're like, okay, but that's really flat, uninteresting writing, and when, and I don't really care if she survives the night now, you know, um... She, she 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 drew the she drew the best draw in this particular occasion. She gets to live to the end, um, but and and that's it. That's really the only thing I I have to say is that a couple of more passes through editing and a little bit more care about what we're doing here, um, and and I think you actually might have something that works. But it just 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 feels rushed when you know that nobody it. It almost feels like a mockbuster, Sean. You know, it feels like somebody who's doing a parody of a Halloween mm. film. Um, where if you cut the first 20 minutes out and you just start off with the kids in the college and Busta Rhymes and say, hey, there was this serial killer. We're going to go into his house. And then he shows up. Um, you, you, there's a case to be made for this is, a, this is a movie in the Halloween-like genre, but isn't really Halloween. And it fe- and it kind of just feels like mm. Ronnie and I talked about this with uh, Jolt that's currently on Amazon Prime that there are some movies that are made just to have a tape on a video store uh, or video rental shelf or in you know modern parlance just to be put on a streaming service and that's kind of what this feels like if it didn't have the name Halloween slapped on there I don't even think you'd know this thing existed except for. You know, Saturday night you rented some shit ass movie you saw in the video, you know, in the rental store on the shelf, uh, or if you found scrolling through Netflix. Well, well, of course. Look at the look at the last look at the last two Hellraiser movies. That's exactly what those. Are. I can't. I've never seen them, but you can certainly talk to me about it. Well, <laughs> well, 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 yeah, but that's well, yeah, that's that's exactly that's exactly my point. Is for years, Dimension cranked out these. By and large, notoriously horrendous Hellraiser sequels. After the first three, they're like Hellraiser and only, right? Uh, well, I mean, they were Hellraiser in that they followed that concept, but in terms of quality, the last two especially, it was mm. so evident that they were just throwing something together so that they can hold on to the rights. Mm-hmm. But then what you get every so often, uh, one of those reasons for kind of a beacon of hope is occasionally some good fortune turns for a franchise and you get the right people involved who have the right abiding genuine love for it and you end up with something truly special. It's why I'm so hyped for the uh, 
Hellraiser movie and series that are on the way. Um, I'm so happy that Don Mancini is getting a chance to continue to follow up on the last two superb Child's Play sequels and get to continue that story that that he wove with uh, the Chucky series. Um, and for for a really kind of kind of amusing example, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, we haven't had an official entry in years because the rights up until about a week ago have been caught up in this tense legal struggle between director producer Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller, who wrote the original who wrote the original script. But in the meantime, we have gotten two astoundingly good fan films, uh, Never Hike Alone and Never Hike in the Snow, both of them available completely free of charge to watch on YouTube. And every time I've watched them, and I've watched them a couple of times, I always just can't help but start to salivate at the idea of Man, I would love to see what these folks could do with an actual budget. <laughs> if this if this is what they're what what they're turning out with just what they can do what they can do for right now with what resources they have, man alive. Imagine if Paramount or New Line or any other studio were to really get behind them and throw them the kind of money, even even in terms of what um, Halloween 2018 got, man, now that would be the franchise revival that that I th- that I think everybody would everybody's been hoping for. And I mean, I feel like we kind of lucked out with Halloween. And I, mean, I mean, especially after after this, arguably the low point of the entire franchise, uh, to have gotten. 2018 and Halloween kills and you know soon after that Halloween Halloween ends it it feels like it feels like Ed getting cleared from his broken neck and getting to come back and have this last couple of years to as he's as he so often put it end his career on his terms um this feels like the franchise going out the way it always should instead of just on, on an absolute belly flop into a sewage tank like this. <laughs> All right, folks. I think that wraps up our review here of Halloween Resurrection. I did this one for fun. At some point, I need to. I actually need to sit down and watch H two O. I'm actually wondering if I have seen it. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like I might have, but I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um. In any case, the next time, Mark, you, you know what I, you know what I. Th- well, hang on, because I, I, cause I got an idea, just one to maybe tuck away in the back of your mind. I don't know if we could do this, because I don't know if copyright and whatnot would allow it, but you know how you so often do the boxing alternate commentaries? Did one last night for Tyson Fury, Dante Wilder 3, yes. I noticed. <laughs> what if we were to do something like this, with introducing you to some of these horror franchi- horror franchises... That maybe that maybe you've missed out on over the years, and like anything, you've been just slightly curious to check out. Like maybe starting with the original Halloween. 
that I've seen. Um, and Ronnie and I are reviewing it on on Thursday. But I like your idea. I think in general, um, you know, we've um, what's happened in the past. So just to give you an example, like the Babadook. Uh, for years, Winfrey teased me about it and was like, "You can't handle the Babadook," and I'm like. I'm really sick of you saying that we're going to review the Babadook now. I'm fucking tired of this conversation. Um, you know, and we had a good conversation. I always have good conversations with Winfrey when he's not in a terrible mood. Um, so there, you know, there, there have definitely been people who have pitched me. You should watch this and we should talk about it. You should watch that. and We should talk about it. Um, I'm open to either. I'm open to doing an alternative commentary. First watch. Um, I did that. Actually, I, I did that to, uh, to Robert Winfrey, I made him watch the Kentucky Fried movie, and we talked about it. We, we just watched it together, and then I quick turned on the recorder, <laughs> and then we talked about it. Um, it's kind of like a, like a, like an like an initial reaction, like no time to process it, kind of a thing. Uh, so yeah, any one of those formats, mm. that's something we can talk about and and figure out a day to do that. Uh, but what is on the schedule uh, is the next on trial will be Donnie Darko, and this one was at Sean's request. He was like, you know. When we were talking about Spun and we were just kind of thinking about, you know, the late Mm -hmm. 90s, early 2000s indie snobbery that's out there. And the one that everyone sort of points to besides Run Lola Run is Donnie Darko. And Sean flipped the table over and said, enough of this shit. Um, We're putting Donnie Darko on trial. So we are. Um, and that'll be and my man I the the window is closing, but you still have room to back out. So we will do that. Um, it's actually the twenty. I know what hunts you. <laughs> we still. That's the uh, the twentieth anniversary, twenty uh, year anniversary of Donnie Darko. So we're going to do that in time for that. So we'll we'll record it on the twenty fifth. It'll air the next day on the twenty sixth, which I believe is when the actual anniversary is. Um, and I think that's it for the month of October. Uh, as far as Halloween stuff this week, or um, actually tomorrow night. Um, late tomorrow night, myself, Ben Cologne, who actually pitched this idea, uh, Alexis Haina and Robert Winfrey, we're going to review Midnight Mass from Netflix. Uh, there's an old Everyone Loves a Bad Guy airing on Tuesday uh, that focuses on the slashers of the horror genre featuring Michael Myers, but also focusing on Jason Voorhees. We'll have our review of No Time to Die, Monster Magnet, A Better Dystopia, which is their covers album from earlier this year. Uh, the aforementioned original 1978 Halloween from John Carpenter will be reviewed by myself and Ronnie Adams, who apparently is a huge Halloween fan. And then um, Friday, Halloween Kills comes out, like I said before. And then this over the weekend, we've got our re-airing of the Long Road to Ruin Evil Dead trilogy. And um, on Sunday, we will have a re-airing of The Peanuts, one of the last movies put out by Blue Sky Studio uh, before Disney purchased them and we're doing and we're lining that up with the release of the actual last uh, to be distributed by or uh, produced by 20th Century Studios slash Blue Sky Ron's Gone Wrong which will be out um, Friday the 22nd also uh, Dave and I will be doing an on trial for the original Dune. Dave uh, was like, oh, I'm doing all the Dune stuff. And I was like, so you are, Dave. So you are. So myself and Dave Wright will be doing uh, the original <laughs> Dune on trial Sunday night, the 17th. Oh, I do know something that you're on. Sean. Sean bugged me uh, a ways yeah. back and said, hey, man, we got to we gotta do, redo the Paranormal Activity movies. And 
I said, how about this? There's actually a new paranormal activity movie coming out called Next of Kin, which is day and date exclusively on Peacock, uh, not Peacock, Paramount Plus. So I was like, hey, why don't we just, you just have a whole segment to yourself. <laughs> okay. So Sean is going to basically do a pre-recorded segment uh, kind of review, surveying the first four paranormal activity movies and we're going to play it live for you on our review instead of a news segment so it'll be the traditional review from Robert Winfrey and I then Sean will have his say his resay on the first four paranormal activities and then we'll do the critical review from Rotten Tomatoes like we always do so you've got uh, so if you're looking for more Sean we've got Donnie Darko and then his re survey of the first four paranormal activity <laughs> movies and that's going to air november 2nd um so normally we would be uh i would uh, pitch the twitch thing we, we would have been doing twitch tonight but we uh did no didn't do video tonight for a variety of reasons yep. but normally we are streaming on twitch we stream on our facebook pages the rattle and broadcasting w2m etc my personal one we stream on twitter um and then everything can be found on w2mnet.com all right, that's all my plugs. Go ahead, Sean. Um, I'm actually on kind of an indefinite hiatus from streaming. Um, I I do plan to come back, but between uh, a lot of other behind-the-scenes thing and the fact that I really run out of patience with Twitch when it comes to protecting its marginalized streamers, uh, that's no longer going to be my plan. So when I do come back, um, it's probably going to be on YouTube. But in the meantime, if you want to hear me rant on horror, wrestling, video games, uh, sharing my DDP yoga journey, hockey season's coming right up, so there will be plenty of Arizona Coyotes joy and tears, strong emphasis on the latter, uh, to go around. Feel free to meet me over there at Comer Codex. You can also find me on the same handle on Instagram as well alright folks thanks for joining us here on On Trial Case um, <laughs> I haven't done one of these in so long I forgot all my terminology <laughs> case dismissed court is in recess blah blah <laughs> everyone do lunch smoke if you got them be well be safe and <laughs> behave <laughs>